1: And we're back on Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. He is Steve Geller, and you know, Steve, what, when you look at this Saints team, it, it's kind of it's kind of like ranking your children in a way of like, okay, what's what's what does everyone do best, and what does everyone do the worst, right? And what's the uh, I don't know if that that analogy pans out, but either way, it's like there are issues. And I think you kind of look at them and say, what is the most important? What do we need to fix? And what is most preventing us from having success? And I don't I don't know how that I, I think I probably missed with the children thing, but it, it is what it is. But I think as a as a front office, that's how you've got to look at it. And when I look at this team and I say, what's the biggest issue facing this team? It is that the offensive line as currently constructed maybe has two starting caliber players on it. And I'm talking about the team that we saw out in LA. So not including Ramchek, which I don't know how you can look at Ramchek and and see a guy who's, who's didn't have an injury, but can't play because of his knee and say, well, this is our, this is a guy that we're going to build around. I I, I don't know. know How? Uh, So like that team that stood on the field against the Rams I think you had two starting caliber offensive linemen on the field, and that's Eric McCoy and Cesar Ruiz. That's it. Pete's played better this year, I'll give him that, but yeah, I'm scared
0: to think that this team might pay him again.
1: Well, you might have to. Right. And (laughs) that's 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 kind of my point, is the offensive line is in shambles, and it has been slowly, slowly degrading over the last several years, and you have not been able to functionally rebuild it. Um, you know, I I Nick Saldaveri, that's another one for me that's like I get why why you had better options to begin the season, but I'm not sure you do right now. You know, James Hurst is not a starting offensive lineman in the NFL. He's a good backup. He's a good swing guy. He's not a starting right. offensive lineman. Landon right. Young is not a starting offensive offensive lineman. Andres Pete might be a starting guard. He's not a starting tackle and he hasn't played terribly. Right. But he hasn't been good either. And I think when people look at offensive line, they get caught up in pass protection. And I understand why, because it's the most visible. And when a guy got, gets beat and and the quarterback gets sacked, you're going to see the replay and you're going to be like, well, that guy sucks. But to me, one of the bigger issues is run blocking. Oh, that's, you haven't been able to block a lick no. all year. And you're talking about your core offense. You have not been able to do anything that resembles effective offensive line play. Um, and and again, like I think Eric McCoy has been solid. He's been who he is, but your center can only have such an impact, right? Caesar Ruiz has been okay. I wouldn't say he's been great, but he's at least played to a level where you're like, you know, this is a core piece of our offensive line. We've got him locked in for a few years, so we're not worried about, you know, right guard right now. Beyond that, what do you have? You have a first-round draft pick that you won't even put on the field. Oh come on, he's on the field goal unit. He's <laughs> active. And you know, I, I Brian Bollinger and Deuce McAllister talked about this. So let's let's hear what they uh, kind of their takeaway on it from uh, from a couple of days ago in WWE.
2: When I look at it, you know, probably the biggest area that I was disappointed in was the play in the trenches. That's where you lost a yep. game, to be honest. I mean, because yeah. I felt like if the New Orleans Saints offensively could block them up front. That they could they yep. could give themselves a chance. I mean, they could they could mm-hmm. give themselves a chance. I felt like that with the receivers and the skill positions that they had, that they could win. There were some matchups that they could win down the field, but not yep. being able to block them consistently up front, and then that leads to not being able to run the ball, and vice versa. The Rams, you know, they may not have a lot of uh, names up front as far as guys that that people know across the league, but they. Dominated the line of scrimmage against the Saints uh, last night?
3: Both sides, Deuce. Both sides. I mean, you you saw, I don't know how many yards Kamara had. He was getting about two yards a carry. Uh, I don't know what the final tally was, but it wasn't very good. And so they couldn't run it against him. And then you watch what Kyron Williams did. And, I mean, he's, he's a great back, a great young back that people are finding out about now. He leads the National Football League in, you know, 96 yards a game right now. Uh, even McCaffrey can't match that. But I, I thought that, you know, the Rams. Fixed their offense line this year. They they picked up Kevin Dotson from the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they drafted uh, Avila, and Alar Jackson stepped in for Whitworth, and they put their line together, and they played really really good, Goose, um, for most of the year. And when Kyron Williams is in there, they could run the ball with the best of them right now in this business. And and then vice versa, you know, the Saints. I mean, they really couldn't they couldn't do much up front, and so it became a passing game for them. And you know, they just weren't uh, you know just weren't up to speed. Brian, when
2: you look at that Saints offensive line, and this is just from uh an outsider's view, and me and Mike were talking about it earlier, the play that they love to run is outside zone. But mm-hmm. how that line is built, it, it it seems that they're more built to run inside scheme or at least more zone or, or, or gap scheme. You know, it, it, it's really late in the year. I mean, I don't think that they ever got comfortable with a fit whether it was gap scheme or zone scheme, to be able to produce from a rushing standpoint consistently?
3: Well, I mean, Doug Maroons has coached both styles, Deuce, and, you know, I think that the style of offense they would like to run, they would like to be able to execute that outside zone. I think you've got to be able to do both, to be honest with you. I mean, the zone scheme is good, but teams want to try to take that away. It's good, that, it's, it's good sometimes just to punch people in the mouth and run some power and pull some guards and pull some by, backside tackles they don't seem to be particularly good at it. And so maybe that's one reason why they don't do a lot of it. But, you know, I think, you know, they, they, they missed on Trevor Penning at left tackle. And they're playing some guys that probably are backups in this business right now. So, and they're down ram check. And so they're playing a the young kid and young at right tackle. They got to be better up front, too, period.
1: What they're getting to there and what I think is, a, is, a, is an important note to make is like, not only do you not have the talent on the offensive line that you need to have to succeed in the NFL, I don't think you have the talent on the offensive line. You need to run your own core offense. And one of the reasons this offense has looked like such a struggle at times is that you can't do the things that you need to be able to do, right? You need to have a guard that can pull and get, and get to a block. And like, you know, it's just not effective. And, what makes it more of a of a concern to me is a you don't have the top end talent that you probably need to have on a on a functional NFL offensive line. B. You don't see the development hmm. from young players to look at and say, "Well, okay, it's not where it needs to be right now, but I can see the vision of where it could be down the road." And I think when you when I look at the coaching staff and I say okay what what is the 100% definite thing that needs to happen and you can make arguments for a lot of things that need to happen but to me it's Doug Marone cannot be the offensive line coach for this team for another year even if you kept it if you had no changes which I'm not saying that should be the case I'm just saying like you 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 cannot look at the at the Offensive line, and you say, okay, Doug Marone, Kevin Carberry, whatever you want to look at, it and say, they have, they, you have not seen an effective group over the course of an entire of a season, and you have not seen a group where the players have gotten better. There is no excuse for looking at Trevor Penning after week seven and saying you're not good enough to even be the backup tackle on this team and if if that's what you're saying then that is a direct indictment on the coaching you we can look at the we can look at the scouting we can look at whatever and say well that wasn't good enough and they they missed and they they should have gone with some whatever but it, it you can't watch a young player regress and then say the coaching is not an issue because it's 100 an issue and to me, and, and one of, why, why I think that is the biggest hurdle and one that I have a hard time looking past is you can't just upgrade your offensive line in, in free agency. It's very difficult to do. It's particularly difficult when you are not in a cap plus situation where you can throw some money at a guy, at a veteran, and have him come in and kind of anchor the line. There's a reason that offensive linemen are, are littering the top half of the first round every year because they're difficult to find. And it's, it's really difficult to rebuild. And you're also in a situation where you have a quarterback who is not mobile and can't extend plays, which means your offensive line has to be able to protect or you will not have success as an offense. You, you don't have a Lamar Jackson or a Josh Allen or whoever who can extend plays and make your offensive line look better than they actually are. You have Derek Carr, a guy who is dependent on his offensive line to keep him alive. And so that's why, to me, the OL... And how you attack it uh, is going to be the biggest factor, and like this is what's going to delay this team from getting back to a point that it feels like they are reasonably competitive. Looking at a looking at the NFL and saying, "Hey, this is a team that could make a run in the playoffs." Until you get that offensive line figured out, you will not be doing that. And there's other issues: defensive line, running running back. Uh, you know, you have aging players and linebackers and whatever. Like, if the offensive line is not right, this team won't be right. Yeah. You, you mentioned
0: with the running back situation, that was another uh, huge disappointment this year, but it definitely goes hand in hand, obviously, with the O line not being able to block for him. But I, I just figured, you know, with the additions, we were, I know training camp, we we're all excited. Hey, Jamal Williams, they drafted Kendry Miller, and it's just that three headed monster with, I guess you could even say four with Taysom involved too with Kamara. It just, it has not been productive enough. I think the Saints are averaging, what, 99 yards rushing a game.
1: Yeah. And I mean, Taysom has been a good chunk of that rushing attack. And the reason right. the Taysom Hill offense works is it doesn't rely on the offensive line, <laughs> right? Like it's not like you have extra blockers. You're 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 using the extra body for a reason, right? And so it's not like that's your core run game. That's your Taysom run game. So I don't right. even, I, I think in order to look at the success of the run game this year, you would actually yeah, have it, to it eliminate yeah. The Taysom part of it and say, what has this done?
0: Ooh, that would be, I, I, don't, I can't even imagine what it is without Taysom's yardage.
1: Yeah, right. It's not good. And, <laughs> and you know, Alvin, a, a major chunk of his contribution this year has been through the passing game. And that's always been something he's a lead at. I think he, he was leading the NFL in receptions. I don't know if that's still true for running backs, but, but like, I, I look at Jamal and I'm like, is it Jamal's fault or is it just there's no running lanes? And I think that it comes back to that there's no running lanes. You know, this team can't, this team can't execute core run concepts. And then you end up in a situation where they know you can't run. You're putting yourself instead of third and four, you're in third and seven because you cannot, you cannot get positive yardage on first and second down consistently. And you can't ask Derek Carr to sit in the pocket and allow teams to tee off on him 20 to 30 times a game. You can't run effective play action when the threat of the run is not there because it hasn't been effective. And you know, when I asked Derek about it, he said, "Well, yeah, early on in the game, the play action was effective." And I was like, "Yeah, probably, because they hadn't completely sold on the run yet cuz they didn't have they're they, like they, once as that game went on, it became clear you couldn't run the ball in the second and third quarters, right? And I don't know, that that's kind of this that's all I really have is when I look at this team and I try to I try to find pieces where it's like okay this is something you can build around this is something you yeah. can build around i keep coming back to you know the you win nfl games in the trenches and i you talk about okay this is a team that is not at the bottom of the league from a team perspective from a from a results perspective because we've seen them beat the teams at the bottom of the league but from an offensive defensive line perspective i think they are in that bottom tier I think they are at the bottom of the league and that's not something that you can you can go from season to season and fix now you are getting you you should be getting Kendra Miller back I think he's going to play this week it sounds like there's some optimism that Peyton Turner could play this week and I know everyone kind of rolls their eyes when they hear that right but, exactly you know one of the guys that I need to see show up and, and have a decent you know th- this the what you know? It's funny because I, I people I tweet that Peyton Turner might be back, and I kind of people are like, "Oh, who cares?" And I'm like, "Well, I mean, if you think the season is over, which we're gonna go into the next segment, you know, what what the roads are, you know, then those are the players that I need to see over these final two weeks show up and uh, and do something. You know, I don't think they're gonna play Trevor Penning, but I sure would love to see him, right? To see if like this is a guy who you can actually look at next year as a viable option. Right, you you think they'd want to get the the guy some
0: some reps? <laughs> Come on, I mean, I, I I understand a little bit of you wanting to develop him early in the season, but to this point, what what else have you got to lose? Especially when you've got you know like like you mentioned, Landon Young, Max Garcia, guys like that playing right now. You're telling me your first round pick can't get a can't get in for any snaps?
1: Um, yeah, no, I yeah, it it it's it you know, and, and like, you, he's in year two.
0: <laughs> right. This wasn't the first round pick this year. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And and I get it. He missed his first. I, they're treating him like a rookie, right? Like, I think that's kind of how they're approaching Trevor, is that they're looking at this as his rookie season. But <laughs> it's not his rookie season. And, and even by those standards, you, you're looking at a guy who, can't even be the backup. No, you, you mentioned Doug
0: Marone. And I wonder, is there is there some kind of strife between Penning and, and Marone uh, right there? Because it's just odds. Like, I'm just, I'm blown away with this. And I, I know everyone's going to be critical of, oh, that's what happens when, you know, you keep taking guys from these small schools. And yet yeah, it hasn't necessarily worked out for the
1: Saints. I know everybody wants SEC talent. That's what, what fans want to see. I don't. I don't even think it's a small school thing. I think it's a development thing, right? You know, like Caesar's from Michigan. You know, like it's not like yeah. you're talking about a You know, Eric McCoy is from Texas A and M, right? Landon Young's from Kentucky. You know, so it's not like it's not like you're you're looking at these guys and saying, well, they're all small school guys. And I don't think that you know, like, like traditionally speaking, it being a small school guy isn't isn't like the issue, right? It's it's a development thing, and it's a it's a health thing in some cases. Yeah, definitely health. You know, and I, I don't think that Trevor's lacking in talent, right? Um, and and but yeah, I think uh, it's I I was really disappointed they didn't keep Zach around, you know, and uh, Thanks, I thought Sean. the Doug Doug Marone thing was weird from the beginning in terms of, you know, what 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 drew you to him as the as the developmental guy. Alabama um, shipped him out for crying out loud. Uh, I don't know, but yeah, that's, uh, this whole segment has basically been me shitting on the offensive line. And and like, again, I think there's, you know, if you have Eric McCoy, Caesar Reese, and Ryan Ramchick on the field, you have three starting caliber offensive linemen, but you need five. Air, and, and Ryan, I, I don't know how many games a season you might even get out of him going forward, but... I mean, so you're talking about you are at a deficit at two offensive line spots, a significant deficit, and you are you have to, at minimum, find your next right tackle, even if he doesn't play right away. And right now, you don't have him. So, again, you know, we're going to talk a lot of the next couple of weeks about what the Saints have to do to kind of rebuild this team and, and where they should start looking and how you should start. I'm not ready for draft shows. No, I'm not either. Uh, but... That's going to be where where it has to start is rebuilding because this is a yeah. team that would tell you it builds through the trenches, it, and that's why you spend a lot of first round draft capital on offensive and defensive linemen. And I get it, yeah, it just hasn't panned out though, and it's it's the right strategy, right? In my opinion, because you too. can go out in free agency and find a wide receiver, find you know a defensive back here or there, sign a safety, whatever, sign a linebacker. You know, like Larry Warford is one of the better linemen the Saints have found in free agency. Think about that. Yeah. And they paid him a lot. <laughs> you know, so you know, we're gonna see the next couple of weeks. And and that's like when I when I look at the next couple of weeks and you know, week eighteen, fine. I think they can probably find a way to beat the Falcons. I mean the Panzers did it for Christ's sakes. Um, but you look at the Bucks and you say, like, Well, the Saints need to beat the Bucks. How can they do that? Well, if you can't block, you're not going to be you're not gonna be anybody.
0: No, and the the way Tampa's been playing right now is definitely scary because they're putting points up on the board, and uh, we, we know this team. You don't want to get into any kind of shootouts. Yeah,
1: right. <laughs> but, all right, let's wrap up that segment. We're going to come back and we're gonna we're gonna heap some unrelenting optimism on you in terms of uh, so how the Saints are going to fight their way into the postseason nine and eight no we're not gonna do that but we're gonna tell you how it can happen um because i do think we need to spend at least one segment of this podcast talking about what if everything goes right what could happen then <laughs> you know um but all right right, let's uh let's this is inside black and gold i'm jeff Nowak. He is steve Geller. if you haven't subscribed yet please do that hit me up on twitter at jeff underscore no up steve at steve geller wwl follow the show at saints underscore pod who dat we'll be right back